are back. I'm sitting in the natural 20 and tonight it's just Jaden and I. We're here to have a, a nice little conversation, get to know each other a little bit better. Jaden, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm ready to, you know, slow it down, get into some, you know, thoughts here. I'm excited. Have some slow jazz, you know, nice <laughs> yeah. in the background. I don't know. This might get into a little too much tension area. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> We're, we're very open with our feelings on, on cantrips and coffee. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Jaden, I have some questions that I'm going to walk you through tonight. Now, for the most part, yeah. they are the same questions that everybody's getting. So, you know, just trying to see what everybody has to say about things. Um, nice. So let's just start off with an easy one. Jaden, what is your favorite genre of RPG? Oh, I mean, I feel like I'm only ever really playing fantasy RPGs. <laughs> But I love a good sci-fi. But then I like, I just like RPGs. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll play anything. Like, oh, I just, as long as it's got enough of a story for me to follow, I'm into like pretty much anything. But fantasy is probably my most common staple. I think it's mostly because that's really the most common RPG out there. Yeah. But I think fantasy, you can never go wrong. I'm, I've, there's more, I have a larger list of fantasy RPGs. But anything in a post-apocalypse would probably actually be my favorite. Ooh, those are good settings. Um, mm-hmm. I, okay, I know the game wasn't received well, but Rage 1 um, by id Software. Mm-hmm. I love that setting. I think it's a great setting. And even the story is okay. Yeah. I wish it had done better, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, well, they like big promises from a game, right? That's the problem is they tried to give us so much and realized it wasn't technically possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was good. So, so what about... RPGs then because if you're saying you know you like all of them you have you know preferences obviously but you kind of just like them all what is it about RPGs that like really brings you in that you can play any of them Uh, I'm just a really big story guy I think that coupled with the fact that I played a lot of single player games when I was younger just because I didn't have a lot of people to play games with small school and I don't know why I actually didn't. I also was just like a kid that didn't mind hanging out at his house after school and just playing video games and anything that you could get like a lot of gameplay out of was awesome because then I only got so many games. I think I got a lot more games than a lot of people (laughs) did, but I still only got, you know, one every so often. So, you know, you need to at least fill, you know, two months between getting a game. What is your best bang for your buck is always an RPG in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then you can often do what you want to do in them to a certain point and you don't have to like go through every bit of content you can find what's fun and kind of dance around and sort of make your own story totally. in a certain sense yeah yeah i'm all about storytelling yeah i feel you on the whole like uh playing mostly single player like you know even um video games or tabletop games like i love them i actually really like the like chaosium does single player uh cthulhu uh, campaigns cool. or scenarios you know that you can just play they're almost like a choose your own adventure that you roll dice to mm-hmm. um but yeah i think there's something so cool about like getting immersed in that right yeah mm-hmm. i agree with you but something with a lot of content i think that's why tabletop games are really good is because mm-hmm. you have so much content available there like you buy a system sometimes they're cheaper than say a video game sometimes they're like double mm-hmm. the price but no matter which one you're buying you get more hours out of it than you would most forms of entertainment yeah if you want to get creative you can have an infinite amount of time out of one system there are people that have been playing the same system for 25 years and don't want to touch anything else this is where they are that's where they're happy and that just proves how long you can 
dive into one. I'm sure there's people playing longer than 25 even, I bet you. Totally. I uh, I know a guy who he still swears first edition D&D is the best one. And like he's looked at DCC because now that they have the Lankamar mm-hmm. title, you know, and he's like, mm, maybe, but for now, AD&D. Wow. Yeah. I mean, why not both? That's all I would say. But I get it. If that's fulfilling all your needs, why look for another system? Yeah, some people just really get caught up on the whole, you know, this is all I need. And like we said, yeah. the, the potential is nearly infinite. So I guess why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one here. So talking about, you know, your favorite ones, why you like them. Is there an an idea for an RPG, a mechanic or a product or something related to that field that you haven't seen yet, but you think would be totally cool? Man, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if you start saying anything about that, then somebody will pull out like a thing from any sort of random source. Like, uh, of course, they got the rules right here, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. Um, I don't, man, I think we're really covered. Like, I think we live in a renaissance of RPGs and you can get pretty much anything you want. Because every time I think I found like, oh, this movie I want, this obscure thing I want a thing from. And it's like, there's an RPG for it. Yeah. I don't know whether it's a video game or, you know, a full on tabletop system. There's, it's just everything. Or there's one so (sighs) close that it like fills the void anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Like, I don't get picky and just roll with what they got out there. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that um, the Green Knight movie that's coming out and how they released a tabletop game with it. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, yeah, just what is that? Now we got movies and it looks solid. The box is awesome. It actually makes it look like it's worthwhile to get box sets again, which I'm loving that we're seeing now. There's a whole bunch of people releasing box sets now. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, I have this beautiful uh, Masks of Nyarlathotep and it's like a triple box set but it's like it's only the books and then like printable handouts there's no like real Mm -hmm. like back in the day they used to release these box sets that had like actual clues and stuff that you had to pour over and find like the hidden pieces on them Mm -hmm. and we don't see that and so to see people coming out with things like that again is just so cool yeah I mean, I get it. It's a little bit easier to phone it in and just slap some stuff in a box. But at what you know, at some point, you might as well put some attention to detail in it, or else just you know, sell some books, mm-hmm. which is fine too. I like a good book, but yeah, sometimes you want a little bit more there, right? Yeah, why not? It'd be awesome if every system could come out with a badass box set. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to try the D and D Stranger Things one, but I'm afraid that it's going to be like. Mm-hmm pretty limited like i know it's got the demigorgon or you know but yeah i want like i don't know i want a horde of things yeah you want a full system for that box set i get it or like you know a light system but still a system exactly all right okay well so i should mention um just as a shout out these questions are mostly coming from one of our listeners john williams who i believe joined us for uh dcc back in the day so he's been with us for a while and uh i've held on to these knowing what i wanted to do with them so the next one he has for us here is a real brain teaser and it goes as follows how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood using different systems of each RPG. 
or if that's a little too riddly, just which system do you think would be like the best at doing one specific thing, right? If they all had to do the same thing, which one would be the best or which one would do it the most unique? He's hitting me up with questions that I don't know I'm qualified for. Like, I don't play that much tabletop. This I'm showing a lot of my weakness right now. Um, you could just go with the ones that like we've we've done on the show. You know, if I got to call out any system, I think that there is the system that is the most stupidly overbuilt to a point that I think people will try and defend it, but I just wouldn't hear any of it because I think it's silly. That's the first edition of Pathfinder. If there's any system that could be known for being the most ridiculous, over-the-top system that no one should almost even want to touch if someone expects them to even know half the books, that is the most overbuilt system in the world, and I don't even know if it needs to exist in that overbuilt state. I think it's awesome, and I don't actually want to say anything against the people who produce it. I just, who needs that much stuff written in a book? You could come up with all that stuff yourself. So this is obviously a hot take because I've only well yeah. I've played Pathfinder. I actually have I have first edition on the shelf behind me somewhere. Um, I want actually I do I do own a digital edition of second edition, um, mm-hmm. but people always talk about it as like it's the D and D killer, you know, like it is the alternative. <laughs> so like hit me with this. Yeah, what's wrong with Pathfinder? I mean, I wouldn't say there's anything particularly wrong with it beyond the fact that. Like, everything has a rule. There is a system, like, if you want, that's a rule lawyer's dream. And I'm all about a free-form playing of tabletop, which, if you want a rigorous and listed-out system, then first edition Pathfinder has everything you could want. Plus, a million awesome classes, which that is one thing that is definitely not wrong with it, is the amount of, like, player options that are out there. But then also making sure that your players aren't just totally being ridiculous and just lying about how powerful they're making their guys just seems impossible to me. I'm not going to read 40 books to make sure that this guy can combo all of those things correctly. I heard it's very crunchy. Like, there's a lot of numbers. Mm -hmm. It's too crunchy. That's the whole thing, in my opinion. Like... I don't think tabletop should be, you know, advanced math. Not that I'm terrible at math. I have no issue. Well, I'm okay at math. (laughs) But I just, I don't think that we need to have calculators out at the table for every single encounter. That's fair. You know what? As somebody else who, I, math and I, we we don't get along. Like if any of, (laughs) if any of the listeners are like, what does Ruin Ortega teach? It's not math. You could probably guess based on what we talk about all the time, you know, but, um, yeah i just i I agree sometimes you get bogged down in those specifics i think we've talked about that before just in anything you know rules numbers Mm -hmm. whatever yeah like it's good to have a good like structure of rules to work from but if you need to question like something like super specific like okay exactly how many milliliters of this plant do i need to grind up to make this potion so that i can get this thing it's like you're just wasting too much time in my opinion, on what would actually be a worthwhile experience. But if people want to get that crunchy and that's what makes them happy, then they should obviously play that way. It's just not for me. Totally. There's there's a reason why most people don't play with like um, spell components and stuff like that, right? Mm. Like you read some of the other games, it's like, oh, they need like three eyes of newt and like hagweed or something like that. It's like, no, no, I'm just going to cast this spell. 
Yeah, I don't want to have to run random store clerks every time because you need to go and buy a couple of things. Like, I'm cool with having, like, the big... I like running, like, you know, the big items that are kind of like a big ticket thing. If you got to get a giant, like, diamond, of course that's going to take some work. you got to find some people that know how to pick out a diamond. And then that's a cool quest to run off of and go with. But I don't need you to stop at a store every time you need to pick up because, you know, oh, I burned through all my newt. Yeah. Um... I think we've talked about this before, but it goes back to the call of Cthulhu um, bookkeeping, right? Where they're basically like, yeah, you have money. It goes into these categories. Realistically, mm-hmm. don't worry about if you're getting a hot meal every day. Like rations aren't a thing in Cthulhu. They just assume they, yeah. they might narratively be like, "Ooh, you haven't stopped all day to eat. Like you better do that. Otherwise you might suffer some penalties, but they're not going to be like, oh yeah, you can't afford anything to eat because you're homeless. You know, like they assume that there's that and like no nickel and diamond. Cause nobody likes that. Especially like you said, a clerk every single time. Yeah, sometimes it would be, like, really fun to play a game for that that way for a little while. Or, you know, for a specific story beat. So let's say, like, you got to go out to the desert to finally deal with this major deity in this, you know, campaign. And, you know, well, we got to trek across the desert for eight days. Can we carry enough food? That's a lot of food to carry to supply us. And plus all of our supplies to, you know, survive the desert and enough water and all that stuff. So how are we going to deal with that? So for, you know, maybe two sessions, we're worried about you guys having your food and water. But also, if you've relatively reasonably planned to have your food and water, maybe you can get through without worrying about it. But any good DM should obviously have an attack happen where some of your food and water gets destroyed halfway through. And now you only have half of, of what you need to get there. So are you going to get there just ragged and ruined? Or are you going to get there through some smart ingenuity and figuring out a way to get food in a desert? Mm-hmm. I know, Jody, we talked on... um it was either our last review episode or it was the last, um, like side table or whatever. And, you know, he said that he really wanted to play one time just like that. Right. But mm-hmm. he agreed it wouldn't be great to do a whole, like that was like that every time. That would be awful. Um, I actually once played a game of Cthulhu and, um, I didn't know how they were going to try to defeat the big bad. So we did a hardware store trip. And seeing them try to figure <laughs> out, okay, what do we need? Like, oh, also, we shouldn't make it look like we're building a bomb because people are going to report <laughs> us, right? Like, yeah. 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 So I think I think the, the role play in doing that meaningfully, you're right. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's keep going here. Okay. So this one, I love this one. So, Jaden, as you know, and you're never a part of this. And if you ever <laughs> want to be, like, let me know. We just do it on our own. But, like... We review coffee on the show, okay? But we never review cantrips, and our name is Cantrips and Coffee. (laughs) So uh, John Williams wants to know when we're going to get some cantrip reviews, and he wants to know what your favorite cantrip is. Or what your least favorite is. Nah, I got my favorite easily, and I could talk about it for a little while. Um, so I'm going with 5e, because that's where cantrips are the best cantrips in the systems, as far as I'm that's concerned. Um, depends on each one, but there's some ridiculously powerful ones. You know, like, Toll the Dead, solid, as soon as someone's hurt, 1d12 damage. You just gotta poke them once, and then you're just rolling more damage with that cantrip. But real, the real MVP, in my opinion, is Mold Earth. Mm, tell me more. Yeah, it's all about how you use it, because you can use it to dig five feet of dirt in a cube and move it up and away. So you can dig trenches that are pitfall traps right off the bat. So 
um, easily in any siege situation, you want this. Yeah. So you're defending a village, you're defending, you know, your castle or something, you can easily make a moat with enough time and if you don't have enough time you can at least make some great random pitfall traps that at least a few guys are going to die to 15 feet put some spikes down there that's going to ruin some dudes yeah that's going to wreck some days yeah absolutely and then on top of that you can also make uh rough terrain for an hour so you can spread around some rough terrain in front of it and then you got your guys coming at you moving half speed mm-hmm. falling into pitfall traps as you guys are picking them off with your arrows and your first line of defense so are you just like a mastermind evil genius or like uh <laughs> there's a lot of people that talked about it i don't know like i wouldn't ever say that that was my original idea i've seen a few people or heard a few people talk about it and um i think there's even one really good video about it on youtube um but yeah it's deadly i think it's a great idea and even then you know if you're out in like a dungeon we'll go with a cave and it's loose enough that you can dig within it, which it shouldn't be. It's a cave, but who knows where you are. You can also dig some pitfalls on both sides of your camp for the night and have pretty solid defenses. God, that's actually, yeah, that is an amazing spell. I've never even thought about that. You know, what I think is really interesting about this question is like we all get these cantrips that sometimes we just threw them on the page because we didn't know really what we were selecting or things like that. And then because you're often forced to think outside the box with tabletop games, you figure out a way mm-hmm. to use them that kind of just like blows minds, you know? Yeah, I think that's how you should always be thinking with any of your spells or, I mean, really any of your attacks in any situation. Like each tool in your toolbox is only as good as you can think about using it. And most tools are better than for like one single thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like that multifaceted. And you and I were talking about this between shows one time of like, um, I think one of the major things about 5e in particular is just how much of a generalist system it, it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can basically do whatever you want. It doesn't have strong urges of certain things. Like, you know, like Cthulhu is better for um, investigation like if you want that type of scenario um Mm -hmm. you know monster of the week is obviously better for just like doing whatever you want that fits the 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 role-playing aspect and like kind of breaking or bending rules um but like 5e is just so versatile yeah it's kind of ridiculous i think it's because they're they've been so hands-off with like kind of their design and so like here use this these are real rough guidelines, not real rough, but you know, here's the guidelines and then add whatever you want on top of it to make it whatever you need it to be for each of your campaigns makes it super easy to just do whatever you want with it. And most other systems I feel like are kind of the reason why they exist is like, okay, I could do this in D and D, but if I make a system that does it, then I can get what I really want and have rules that really optimize those things happening instead of me having to kind of think and put them together and maybe forget the next time I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Not every system by any means. It's not to be like a dig at people. I think it's just like, hey, when they see a niche, they're like, I'm going to build that. And most of them probably come from reflections of a handful of the big players. Yeah, totally. Supply and demand, man. That's like rule number mm-hmm. one. Um, as, side note, have you been uh, paying attention to the TSR revival? Um, Yeah, a little bit. Not too much, but I've seen a bunch of it going around, and I think it's awesome that there's that much hype coming out of it, and I don't, I don't blame people. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I uh, so I was originally super, super hyped for it, but um, there's a there's a video that came out where uh, I think his name is uh, E. Gary, Gary Gygax, like the son that's trying to revive this mm-hmm. stuff. 
he's uh got into some hot water for saying some uh some things that were a little less than decent should we say mm-hmm. um i'll send you a link to the video and uh you know we could talk off air about what we think about it but i didn't Sounds make good. it through the video because i was repulsed so Oof. Yeah. yeah yeah which is too bad because when i saw that they were coming back i was kind of hyped i was like you know it's old school but i like the spirit of it and then within that second i was like mm, i don't know if this guy's getting my money yeah sometimes people say old school in a sense of being like like a callback to a time that could be enjoyable and i think sometimes that's a total good thing to say but also we got to remember that old school had some big problems with it and if you're calling back to those things then you're not really doing anything good. No. And I think that's actually where DCC actually does succeed is they kind of, they go back to the rules that actually made the game unique, but not the ones that like gate kept or gate kept. Yeah. There's not specific, you know, like, Oh, you can't be, you know, this guy can't do this or, you know, this species is whatever. This gender is not capable in this possibility. I don't know if there was much on gender. I don't know the older rules that well, but I know there was a lot of like weird, an elf can't be this, or if you're an elf, that's your species and your class and weird things like that. Yeah. Oh, well for another time, uh, to keep this going here. Um, so if you could, all right, if you had to like Victor Frankenstein, a system together based on all the rules of the things that we've played or the ones that you know, what would that system look like? Honestly, we've had some great systems that are like already almost putting it all together. Okay. The only two things that are really hopping into mind is I want DCC with Zweihander character creation Mm put together and you do it with all four of your starter (laughs) characters so you fall in love with each one and then once they're ran through the grinder you really suffer so like adding in the random like building but with the complexity of it Mm -hmm. and then just obliterating them yeah i kind of really like that idea I think it would be sweet. And then you would, how could you not fall in love with the character or the two characters that get out alive and you have to pick between, right? And it's going to be, if you get two guys out and you got to pick who you're going to be, that's going to be a rough choice potentially. Like who knows what you had to do to get them out of there. Totally. That's good. That's a good answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like hairy fingers, like (laughs) that all came from the random roles. And I already knew who the guy was just from that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Cade, said as well that he loved the um, character creation of Zweihander the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, okay. So let's just go into some more like just reflection questions going back to our, our past almost seven, eight months here. Like, you know, we haven't been there a Jeez. whole year. It's been a while. Um, listeners might not know, but we had never met prior to recording episode. One. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still not technically met. We've met online. No. Yeah, we've never seen each other face-to-face in person. Mm-hmm. COVID's a real problem still. Yeah. You know, it just hit us. We know that's what happens when you start a podcast during the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna throw out here just like a moment of appreciation for you. Um, I did a lot of talks with Cade after the first couple episodes were uh, recorded. And, you know, because I knew him and I knew Jody. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've known Jody since I was a kid, you know? Um, and I just said to Kate, like, 
I just think that Jaden is like so cool and the the voice that he brings to our dynamic is so authentic and refreshing. And so thank you for being you, Jaden. I, I, I've loved having you on the show. Thank you. That was really sweet. And I've had a great time. Like anytime I'm like frustrated with editing and I'm like, I don't know if I can edit another thing. I'm like, but I really enjoy it when we record and I'm hanging out with these guys and I love the games that we're playing and I'm always having fun. So I'm glad that we have some mutual appreciation of this random relationship that we managed to find ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, what was your favorite system of the ones that we played? So just to review, we had call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. DCC, gods, cyberpunk, Zweihander, and monster of the week. Hmm. Okay. Well, I would say that my, favorite was probably dcc which is kind of crazy to say considering that was one of the ones we spent the lesser time with but i just really like that system it just feels like everything i want and i just like like you said it calls back to all of the good stuff of old school which i never really got to play with and i just want to see what that experience is like on that you know further level with it yeah so through just mostly intrigue of playing it i would say dcc nice nice so with that being said not necessarily your favorite system, but your favorite moment that we've recorded. Um, and that can include mm-hmm. D&D for this one. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I'm going to roll a little bit out here because I think I could come up with three pretty good ones. Okay. My first one is simple, and that's just Monster of the Week when I was, um, I can't even remember the guy's actual name, but when I was the boss in the upper floor, that was hilarious. Larry. The, me... Yeah, Larry, when I missed the freaking, what, like the Latin, fake Latin term, that was freaking gold. <laughs> um, tried to throw the chair out of the window. Hilarious. <laughs> not getting out and just looking like an idiot for the first, like, 30 minutes of that episode, if not longer. Uh, you know, but you know what's so funny is I listen back and so I, and I listen back to every episode just because I'm, I'm, how do I put this politely? I'm kind of a control freak. Um, <laughs> and not so far as like, I don't want to like alienate you guys, but like, I do want to know that what we're producing for our listeners is at least something that I would enjoy listening to. So I always think it's a good sign mm-hmm. that if I'm listening or if I'm listening and I'm laughing afterwards, um, it's usually a good sign. And mm-hmm. listening to you try to puzzle out that room and get out. And in my head as a, as the keeper, I was totally just being like, I'm a mess with him so much. Like, nope, you can't get out. What are you going to do? And I just let them push you. And so it eventually just turned into you like, I'm going to use magic and like, screw these guys. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like, I'm like, I'm going to get out of here in the most ridiculous way I can. And then eventually I was like, oh man, okay. I guess we're just going simple. And it worked and I was happy for it, but I thought it was hilarious. I loved that getting messed with. It was awesome. Totally. And then the comedic timing of Cade showing up just in time for you to get out and like crumpled body behind you. Yeah. 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 I re- that's a good moment. Uh, All right. So the last one for me uh, in this regular list of questions, and I got something a little different for you, is... What are your hopes for season two? We're going to start uh, doing some brainstorming here and, and getting into pre-recording. What do you want to see out of the show in that time? Uh, I can tell you I don't want to see much more editing. <laughs> and I don't have much. That's funny. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. I think it's been really good. I can't think of anything specifically that we need to hit more. Like Since we've done the shift to the playing more so we can have a little bit more thorough like of a review... And stuff like that. I don't. 
I don't really know what else I would say that I would shift. I think if we can kind of keep what we got going on, I'd be cool with it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Um, I do agree. The change in format, spending more time on each system, um, even the, the like we get two months of recording time and we kind of get mm-hmm. to just learn the next system in that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's good. And I also wouldn't mind, you know, going back to some of the systems we've done um, again in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, me too. I think there's a few, at least, that are definitely worth digging back into. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the, uh, the, the second last thing I got for you here <laughs> was something we call Nitro Brew, okay? And this is something we did with Seth Skorkowski. And uh, so I'm going to give you the same questions he had. Uh, the idea of it is is to say the first idea or choice that comes to your mm-hmm. mind, and you don't get to explain any of them. We get to just, we get to dwell on Seth Skorkowski said that like his first job was a delivery for a drug front that he had no idea. <laughs> we never got to hear the rest of that story. So, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Mine's not nearly as cool. Well, yeah. All right. So let's start this up. So first thing that comes to your mind, we're going to go as quick as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your desert island game? Oh, my desert island game. I'm just going with classic D&D 5e. Like I said, it's so useful. I can play it forever. Player or GM? GM. Coffee. I don't drink coffee. That's an answer. If you had a warning label, what would it say? Um, Publicly inappropriate. <laughs> First job. Working for my parents. Being a shop boy. Music or films? Films. Favorite book? Uh, the Shannara Chronicles. I believe that's what it's I feel called. Like I've heard no, of that. oh, that's that's not what I'm thinking of. It's the um, Amber Chronicles. I think is what I'm thinking of. But the Shannara Chronicles are also really good. I can't remember who writes them, but they're quite popular. Damn. And I think there's like a bunch of books in the series, or like they're all connected into like one super universe of like twenty books or something. Interesting. I know we're getting off track here. What's the Amber Chronicles? Um, it's. I, I think it's written by Roger Zelazny, if I'm correct. I think that's right. Um, it's just this old book that I got out of my dad had a trailer that got stolen. And um, there was this book was in it once they got it retrieved. And it's this big fantasy book of 10 books. And it's just about this family that are from the main world or like the original world called Amber. And then every other world is a universe that is like a reflection of a part of it. And the further you get away from the world, it gets more chaotic and more ordered. And so these, the main family can like more or less move through these universes in a certain sense and then kind of become masters over them. But they also want to like vie for being the kings of the main place once their dad passes away. Crazy. All right. Uh, yeah. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is. Popular, I think. Nobody's had like an, everybody's thrown off. They're like, I don't know. How, how do you say something mean? I don't. <laughs> Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? I think morally it should be. If you're that serious about talking about animal cruelty, then you shouldn't even fake it. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? I mean, for our overall health, I think it should definitely be acceptable. We are too clean as a society, and that's why allergies and other health problems are so rampant. Autoimmune issues are not nearly as large in third or that undeveloped countries as they are in ours. Say sorry 
in a Canadian accent. Oh, sorry. All right, that's uh, that's really great. Um, Jaden, uh, before we go here, uh, what's one thing that you want to plug for the audience? What's one thing you want to throw out there? Oh, well, that's easy for me. It's the only thing I really spend most of my time doing, and that's my small business, Discount Dungeoneering. I do 3D printing, and I have a laser cutter now, which I'm slowly working into my workflow. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, DiscountDungeoneering.com or Facebook.com slash DiscountDungeoneering. That'll get you everywhere you need to go. What kind of things are you offering to the good people? Oh, just mostly minis right now, 3D printed minis and terrain, but I'm starting to work on some sweet dice trays and stuff like that. I'm going to cut out my laser cutter, and I'm thinking about some sweet dice catapults, because I think that would be hilarious. And the trebuchets, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jaden, thank you so much for your time. Uh, It's been a pleasure getting to know you a bit more. Hopefully the audience likes it, too. But as for now, um, I'm out of coffee, and that means...